this week in Taming Dragons, we are going to talk about how Black women in particular are internalizing stress. And I really do believe a lot of it is our internal dialogue, what we tell ourselves, that narrative behind how we see life, how we engage in life, and how we position ourselves amongst others. So there are three things that I really want to look at while we're uh, talking about this subject today. One is how we prioritize. Um, The second thing is how we see ourselves and perceive ourselves in the world. And the last is our views on aging. In particular, prioritization is something where I'm always wrestling with my sisters when they come to me for counsel and self-mastery. This is something we really have to come to grips in because we get back into our old uh, routines that are really uh, health hazardous. And what I mean by that is a lot of us have grown up in households where we watched our mothers and our grandmothers struggle, suffer, and just do self-sacrificing things all in the mission of being a good woman. Whether it's good to our children, good to our spouses, good to our careers, but we have sacrificed ourselves in many ways. And I find that Black women in particular internalize this point of view about how we show up in the world. Many of us don't believe that we are responsible unless we throw ourselves in front of a train, and that has to change. The whole idea of prioritization is not to neglect or to say that other factors that really do matter to us don't count anymore, but is to create a better sense of order. It's in putting yourselves first so that you can begin to feed others from a place of efficiency and overflow and fulfillment instead of scarcity and fear and sadness and being drained. We have to change the narrative around prioritizations. We have to change the narrative of how we see ourselves as we prioritize in putting ourselves first. This does not mean that you're hoity or that you're selfish or that you're um, not loving. It means that you recognize that I have nothing to give if I'm not here to give it. So you just begin to shift the order of how you live your life, Um, which kind of leads us into how we see ourselves in the world, how we perceive ourselves as um, contributing to society and the world. A lot of us uh, have taken on the superwoman mantle, thinking this is what makes us great and this is what makes us good people and good women. And here's what I'm noticing amongst younger women, women who may be in their, I would say in their 30s lately, is that they recognize that that is running into a wall um, 100 miles per hour and they no longer want to carry that kind of weight. But here's something that is happening that really concerns me. Because I've heard so many women now say, well, I don't want to be strong anymore. I don't want to be seen as independent and I don't want uh, the heaviness of, of, of appearing to be competent in, in certain um, lights. That's problematic. I think something has to change with how we position ourselves 
even in receiving love and making ourselves available to be loved properly. We do not have to negate ourselves and our abilities to say that we still deserve help and that we are um, at some times at need for others to lock arms with us and walk with us along the way. We do not have to then say that we're weak and that we're incompetent and not independent. Let's not take on that kind of dialogue. I would hate to see that on a mass appeal for Black women that we then begin to lower our standards of ourselves in order to be seen as lovable and helpable, help, helpable creatures. That, that, that has to shift. Um, let's not say that. So to be strong doesn't mean that we're not looking for the people who surround us to be strong. It just means that we recognize that we are still human beings in our strength and that sometimes even the strongest human beings could really use a hand but we don't have to call our weak, ourselves weak in that process. Same thing with um, being independent. Being independent is a positive thing. It's a loving thing and it says that I matter and I can take care of myself. We then don't have to become codependent or less independent to qualify to be loved. So let's not even take on that narrative. Let's release it. Let's show up as we are with all these positive attributes that we have without telling ourselves that we have to shrink in some way to be qualified for the help and the love that we all deserve. So let's change the narrative and how we see ourselves in the world. And the last thing I wanted to bring out today was how we see ourselves aging, how we view aging. Um, a lot of us, as soon as we hit that 40, uh, 40 milestone, 40 milestone, um, we start to tell ourselves that all the aches and pains and the discomforts that may come with it, um, whether it's being perimenopausal or just uh, noticing that our glasses um, need to be upgraded in its uh, prescription, <laughs> we tell it, we tell ourselves it's because we're aging and it's not entirely true. As a matter of fact, it has very little to do with aging. It has more to do with how you've taken care of yourself from the time you were in your 20s and your 30s. And what I mean by that is um, uh, recently I went to uh, the chiropractor to get an adjustment and I had the best conversation and he gave me an example of what that looks like. He said, if you was to take a bike and put it outside, left it outside for 10, 20 years and it rusted and it was no longer a bike that could be um, ridden because it no longer could move. You wouldn't say, oh, it's an old bike, therefore. You'd have to recognize that you just didn't take care of it. Had you taken that bike and put it inside of the uh, garage and maybe uh, took the time to polish it off and ride it uh, however consistently, that bike would work just like any other bike. And so that's what we're saying when we approach our 40s and 50s and we say, oh, it's because I'm now aged and old that I'm having all of these issues. I will have you know that I have good friends that are in their uh, 60s, 70s, and even 80s that can do more than some teenagers. And it's because they understand that if you don't use it, you lose it. 
It has very little to do with age. It has everything to do with how you respect your body and how consistent you are in taking care of yourself. And this doesn't begin in your 40s, or at least it shouldn't. It's something that you should take on, and I'm preaching to my daughters as well, as early as your 20s and 30s, um, as early as possible. So let's stop this narrative that somehow we believe that once we hit our 40s and uh, 50s, we're supposed to just fall apart. And that's part of aging. I call bullshit. It's not true. So let's talk about these narratives and explore how we can better treat ourselves so that we're not aging 7.5 years internally faster than our counterparts. We have a responsibility to maintain ourselves better and to treat ourselves better, whether that's intimately, physically, emotionally, all of it. We have to just do a better job at loving on ourselves unapologetically. And so I hope this episode speaks to you this week and um, that you make some changes primarily about the narrative that you are telling yourself around aging and um, reaching the next milestone of your life. Until next week, Taming Dragons. Please check out worldmastery.com to learn more about Amy's work. You can also follow her on Instagram at mastertheworldwithin. Please subscribe for more weekly content and thought-provoking topics. We wish you continued clarity, alignment, and courage on your lifetime journey to mastering the dragon within.